Hello, I'm Craig Constantine. Today I'm talking with Trevor DeGroot. Trevor, welcome. Hello. Nice to have you today. Uh, I had a, you, you and I have gone back and forth a bunch of times, and I was completely confused about where you were on the planet. I mean, I know that you're from the Toronto area, but my brain had you pegged as being in South America. So your doppelganger is having a great time in South America. Sorry. Uh, but thanks for making space to talk to me. Um, I ask people often before we start recording, I often ask people the same question. I'm not going to say it on air because it's like a little bit of a secret. It's not that big of a deal. And you mentioned options when I started talking about movement and just kind of a feel for what's going on in Trevor's head this morning. And I'm wondering when you um, when you have the opportunity to be in a new space, so someplace that you've never been before, which we all find is pretty rare these days, right? But when you get a chance to be in a new space and you're thinking options and you say options to me, is that options to teach? Is that options for you to discover? Is it options to create? Like when one goes into an environment, you know, we know that we're creating like a visual spectacle. What, what do you mean? Like, what are the options that come to mind? And I, I think you actually like listed a bunch of them, um, to be honest. Like, um, <laughs> Cool. Thanks. See you later. Bye. <laughs> exactly. Done deal. Um, so no, basically like when I go into a new space and uh, the word movement might pop into my brain, um, I tend to just think of all the different options of types of movements that I could do, but also in that like, hey, this is a great new opportunity for me to learn a new concept um, that I might not have known before. Um, I think parkour is very unique in that um, there, there's not many other sports that force you to necessarily see the world differently. And, and so like, I think that's one of the, the biggest like benefits that I see to our sport. And especially like, I, I didn't mention this to you yet, but like with my training and such, like not to say that I don't train parkour anymore. I, I do like to train parkour. Um, but like my focus is less heavily on parkour. I'm interested in rock climbing. I'm interested in training for stunts. I'm interested in martial arts stuff. So, so when, when the word movement comes to my head, I, I think of all these different options of different types of mm. movements as well, you know? Um, but like those sports don't have that, that visual impact on the world that, um, parkour does. And like, I will never see the world, um, the same way that I saw it before. Um, I, I, before I was introduced to parkour, you know, um, I'll never see the world the same way again, but just because of the fact that I know I can do all these things in this environment that I'm walking through. Um, and so to go back to your question of when I walk through a new space, like, I think it's it's really about like that experience that you share with other people that are in the community that that makes parkour unique. Um, and parkour is is just that a sport as well. So like I don't want to say that it's unique from any other sport and it's special in some way or anything like that because it is just a sport as well. Um, but I think that is one of the the main differences between other sports is that like I guess rock climbing has it to an extent. Like you can the way you read the problems, um, it, it comes along the same way. But um, a lot of times that doesn't happen when you're just walking about your day-to-day -day life, you know, so it's really fresh. So Yeah. If you get into building, then rock climbing turns into <laughs> like, looking. can I climb on this building? Well, totally. I can. Should I? <laughs> How are the police going to react to that? Yeah. I, I think you make some good points about, uh, I'm going to put words in your mouth and say perspective shifts about if you get too mentally boxed into thinking I do parkour or free running or art to placement, whatever you want to call your movement, I, th I do this kind of thing, then you can kind of become a little 
not inbred, but you can kind of get stuck on certain kinds of ideas. And I think you make a good point about when you say options, you're thinking about entirely different kinds of movement, which most people wouldn't classify as parkour. And um, so I'm trying to I'm like, well, we could go down a rabbit hole on climbing. Um, what's your passion, you know, passion du jour, a thing that you're really, really getting energy from these days? Uh, honestly, I, I think it's bouldering. Um, I, I like bouldering quite a bit. Um, and just like, at, at least for us, like in, in Canada, like a lot of gyms have been closed for a long, long time here. And uh, just like other places in the world, I'm sure. But uh Basically, um, our last lockdown ended in February. Um, I was going to say, I thought I just saw some Facebook posts about, uh, what's the name of the gym? Um, oh, my gym? Yeah, your uh, gym. My, my gym is called Play Project. Um, mm -hmm. I own Play Project. It's been around since 2015. Um, we, we've had our own space since like end of 2018, beginning 2019. But uh, yeah. Oh, Play that's rough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear that you, uh, I don't want to say survived the pandemic because that makes it sound like, you know, the pandemic, like the gym got sick, but I know, <laughs> hope everyone knows what I mean. I'm glad to see that you were able to weather um, the obvious necessary difficulties. Uh, but anyway, I wanted to make sure, like, uh, what's the domain name for Play Project? Uh, it's playproject.ca. .ca. Check it out. But I interrupted you. You were talking about bouldering and gyms are starting to open up now since the last lockdown has ended. Yeah. So like for me, I, I was able to like, because I own the gym, I was able to keep my like parkour training up um, throughout the lockdowns and such. Um, and I was training stunts as well throughout that time um, because during the lockdown, like the film industry hadn't closed. So I was training like um, fight choreography, was training falls, all that kind of stuff. Um, and so for me, like the thing that was missing during the lockdown and during a lot of these closings was the fact that like I couldn't climb. Um, and so when the gyms opened up, I was just like, oh, I can do that again. It's really good. Like, yeah, exactly. It was just something that I was missing. Um, and and it, it feels nice to you. Not, I don't want to say I feel completed and be all like deep and stuff, but uh, it's just you could tell that there was something that was missing there that like when I got back in the climbing gym, I was just like, oh, that's fun. Um, so, yeah, it was good. Hmm. I'm curious your thoughts on the differences between uh, I always say I fancy myself a climber. There are some really nice bouldering problems on the hill, like a half hour walk up, you know, through the park behind me. Um, but I'm, I'm like, you know, V zero baby, <laughs> I fall off V zero baby stuff. Uh, but I, and I'm with you, like there's an aspect to activities that you do together, even if it's not like you're competing, like it's a tennis match, but just working the same problem with people are, you know, half people are resting while somebody's trying it. Uh, and I'm wondering what your thoughts are about, the, I think there's a different energy level to, I'm going to say like jamming in a parkour space versus, well, they don't call it jamming, but you know, working a bouldering problem with a group. And I'm just wondering if you've ever thought about the difference in the energy level and maybe how one energy level versus the other is more conducive to like the group bonding or the group energy exchange. I'm just wondering what yeah. your thoughts are on that. For sure. I, I do feel like there's definitely a difference in energy. Um, I also feel like it's context specific. So like if you're at a parkour jam and there's someone there that's just doing like stuff that's not even close to the stuff you can do. Um, <laughs> like what? Then like, <laughs> if you're climbing and there's someone that can just go and crimp this like V6 or V7 or something like this. And like, you're just like, there's no way I'm ever going to be able to hit that today at least, you know? 
then it's hard for you to have that like that group amalgamation with them uh and that group like mm. problem solving and whereas i feel like parkour like i've had like a lot of good experiences in the parkour community where it's like hey i'm training with people that are all roughly the same level and we're all stumped on this one challenge that we really want to get you know um and, and so for me it's just very much like that collaborative like element to both parkour and climbing that i really enjoy and i think is fun um and then the other element is like when the like the the teaching aspect of it i like as well and the learning aspect of it i like so like i i do feel like there, there's different vibes and, and what i mean by the teaching aspect and the learning aspect is if i'm training with someone that is like v6 v7 or whatever it may be like i'm probably going to try the problem that they are because i'm a very big proponent of like try everything you know and, and see if you can get it um but like it, it's unlikely that i'll be able to flash it it's unlikely that i'll be able to even even send it you know um but at least from them i can it's a learning opportunity for me and i can get like nuggets from them and try and like grow and develop myself or if I'm training with people that maybe it's their first time climbing or whatever, I'll ask them, Hey, like, do you need any help with that? Or whatever it may be like, and if they don't, then that's totally fine, you know, but it's cool to see like how people approach it for the first time as well. And like, I learned from that too. So, so for me, it's about the learning process and, and you have the same thing with parkour as well from that side of it. Like I've been doing parkour for uh, 13 years now since 2000, end of 2008. Um, and, and so like, over the course of, of that training time, like I've seen all types of people, I've seen all types of experience levels and trained with all of them. And there's something to be like taken away from every single one, which is great. Uh, whether you realize it in the moment or not, even if it's a bad experience, like you can still take something away from it, which I, I really kind of have learned to appreciate over the years. Whereas I think at first I was very grumpy a lot of times and there was ego involved when I was training with someone that was better than me. Cause I was just like, what the heck? like, I don't want <laughs> you're to demotivating like, me, right? Knock it off. Yeah. Yeah. So whereas now I think it's just about perspective, everything in life is. And, and if you can, you take a fresh perspective that like is beneficial to your overall long-term growth, then that's perfect. You know? Hmm. So what do you think about, um, we were talking a little bit earlier, possibly before we started recording, we were talking a little bit about media in parkour context. And I, I'm just thinking, I don't, uh, I, I have like my hobbies are like bulkhead divided in my brain. So I don't do anything on the internet related to bouldering or rock climbing. Like, I mean, like I know where mountain project is like, if I'm going somewhere, like where are the routes, but I don't hang out like in the subreddit for bouldering. I don't even know if there is one. There's got to be one. I don't hang out. I don't follow people on Instagram who I know are climbers. Like it's just, I'm not in that world at all. And I'm wondering if you, um, in terms of bouldering, because it seems like a, maybe not quite a passion, but it seems like a passion for you. Do you have that sequestered? Like, yeah, I know what happens to the sport of parkour, to my personal experience of parkour, when the social media inundation takes over, that's just too much. I can't, and we all start to like put our hands up to push it away. Have you begun to engage with social media for bouldering and climbing or are you keeping it at arm's length? And if you're keeping it at arm's length, cause that's the face you're making, did you do that yeah. on purpose or are you just now realizing that? So, so honestly, even with parkour, like, like, I don't know. You'll you'll see this even with my own Instagram. I don't even go on my own Instagram anymore. Just because, I like, <laughs> I was like, oh, all right, <laughs> forever ago, probably. Like, um, but basically, like, for me, I, I think it got to the point where, like, I almost had to reevaluate, like, 
why why am I training and what am I training for? And like, what is the point basically? And it came down to him in my head, like the point not being to watch other people do parkour. The, it's not mm-hmm. about watching doing climbing. It's about like the feeling that I get when I do that movement and the feeling that I get, like when I solve a new problem or complete a new challenge, you know, and, and that's very much like, I think is reflected in my social media. Like I, I don't even need to like, I feel I don't feel the need to have to post if I get a new challenge, you know, and I used to feel very pressured and the need to like, Hey, I need to put a new post out. I need to do this. Mm-hmm. Or even for other people, like there, there's, as you're mentioning, oversaturation of parkour media. And it's like, I don't care if someone's double-sided, like, um, <laughs> yeah, know, like right. double-sided precision, right? Double-sided yeah, IMAX, right? Like, like to me, at, at some point, like someone's going to do everything in parkour and like, that's great. And I, I, it's cool that it's pushing the sport, but like, how does that impact my personal training? And maybe that sounds a little bit selfish in terms of like, not me, not caring about like where the community's at, you know? Um, yeah, but I don't think it sounds selfish. I think it sounds, uh, sanefully defensive defensive in a good way like one has to know one's limits i can't consume all this stuff if i did it would just make me feel like i suck because <laughs> i should be out training so, so uh, that's a part of it i think the other part of it is like it's not even like because i used to compare myself a lot to like other people and how they trained and things like that and even now like that, that those comparisons still happen but I, they're more in a, a better way because I, I frame it differently like i mentioned about like if you're training with someone that's better than you that's a learning opportunity you know and so i could be theoretically using social media to do that to learn from other people commenting on their posts and asking them about like what they're doing mm. but I, I think the reason why i like kind of try and not try and i don't actively try and avoid it but like it doesn't interest me anymore is because i feel like over the course of my duration of training i've seen a lot like i've i've seen like the first side pre I, I was there in Vancouver and, and at the NAPC where Nate Weston did his side flip pre to the bar to double flyway off, you know, and you feel the energy in the room and like the, the, what you get out of social media does not Trump feeling it in real life. Mm. And so I'd rather be either working on my business. I'd rather be like training myself. I'd rather be doing, I'm interested in real estate. So looking at that kind of stuff, um, it, it's not really like, it's not really something that really like, I guess, tickles my fancy um, or energizes you. Right. Yeah, exactly. It it seems like it's like, Holy crap, this is a lot. I'm overwhelmed by the amount of stuff that I now feel obligated to watch because this guy is my friend or I know this guy or like, you know what I mean? Follow back. Yes. Yeah. So you've got a lot going on, obviously, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but how, you know, entrepreneurship, running a gym, um, we all understand the personal drive to, yeah, I feel like I need to go move. Like I need to go out and do something. Um, passion, like new passion projects. Like if anybody is into bouldering, you like, you wind up with like, Oh, I gotta go. I gotta go work on that some more. Or, Oh, I gotta go practice this skill, which will get me to that or whatever the pieces that's going to unlock it. You know, all these things you're juggling. Um, and some time has to be allocated to sleep. Uh, so how do you, um, how do you prioritize your days? Do you do it? in the morning do you do it the night before do you do it off the cuff flap of the seat of your pants how do you figure out what's the first big rock to go in the jar and then the smaller rocks that go around it and then the sand on top so, so it's interesting because i've lately been trying to reprioritize those things and, and like something that i didn't realize until a while back maybe like 
three months ago, four months ago, is that like I was not prioritizing things efficiently or there wasn't a process for that in, in place that was as effective as I wanted it to be. Um, and so what I found was that like I was spending too much time working on my business um, and less time for my own personal training and for my own like developments and accomplishments that way. Um, and part of this was like with the lockdowns and stuff like that, you're always pivoting, you're always trying to figure out what the next thing is that we need to do to like get ready for a reopening or whatever it may be, you know? And like, because that territory is like a little bit unfamiliar ground, like at our gym specifically, we have a full-time staff team of, there's four of us. Um, and between the four of us, like I'm the owner, but I also deal with a lot of the higher level stuff. Whereas the others deal with like, whether it's gym build out and construction, whether it's like our, our programming quality and the lesson plans and the curriculum and, uh, or whether it's the administrative stuff and the client relations, you know, so we all have our own like kind of things that we focus on, but I found that like a lot of times it's a full team effort with, with the lockdown, with treading on that untrodden ground again. Um, it's just like, we're all kind of like helping each other and, and making things work to, to make, like to get the gym by basically. Um, mind you, the government in Canada has been very helpful. Like we've gotten a bunch of grants and funding from them and stuff like that. So like we weren't really ever in jeopardy of, of closing because of that, thankfully, but, uh, it's just like not as it bothers me when our business is not running as efficiently as it could be. And so when those moments kind of kick into place, my, like that really nags at me. And in my head, I'm just like, Oh, I need to work on this. I need to work on this. Um, and, and so that's where my focus was going for a long while. And then when the lockdown ended, I realized, Hey, I, I don't, I haven't been prioritizing or spending a lot of time for me. I've been sometimes like I've been, I've been doing the stunt training, which is great, but I also felt like that was a little bit for work. Um, just because when the gym was closed, I had more time to focus on that and the film industry hadn't closed. So I was trying to get days on set and things like that. Right. Um, but that felt like it was also work. And I, I felt like there was not a, mm. a, an area of my life that I had to just play and to just like develop and explore my training and my passions. And that, that was three or four months ago when the lockdowns ended and climbing came into play. And I was just like, Oh, that's really fun. Still, I'm going to go do that. You know, um, one thing that I miss actually, that's still not back is diving. Like a lot of the like local pools and stuff have diving boards and a lot of the diving boards and stuff are still not open, which is unfortunate. Cause like we'd take like some of our staff group out and we'd all just mm -hmm. go diving and stuff and throw fun flips and stuff into the pool and just a good time. Right. But like those kind of fun elements that we used to have pre COVID don't seem to they seem to be fewer and further between and less I prioritize that so basically the way I shifted going back to your question the way I shifted my focus was hey what are the minimum requirements that I need to do in terms of my obligations to the gym once those are hit then after that okay let's focus on what's a little bit of play time for me and then anytime on top of that I can focus on whether it's real estate outstanding gym stuff or stunts or whatever it may be you know, but as soon as I changed that mindset, it just like, it was like a weight lifted off my shoulders almost. And, uh, it just made life more fun. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, I think that's a good, uh, I think that's a good mindset. Definitely something that's worth thinking about. If that sounds if people listening, if that's news to you, definitely go think about that. All right. Well, Trevor, I just want to be mindful of our time together. I'm watching it slip away, as I often say. So I will just say, and of course, the final question, three words to describe your practice. Mm -hmm. So the first one is growth. 
Um, the next one is exploration. Um, and then the third one is movement diversity. Terrific, as I often say. Trevor, thanks for taking the time today. It's been a pleasure. I'm glad we, we haven't seen each other in oof, four or five years. So it's great to get a chance to sit down and talk even as brief as it was. So thanks again. No problem. Awesome.